Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat right here at the Herald. Anthony, what's up? What's up, David? Bu- business is booming for the Heat right now. I mean, it's like, I, I don't even know what to say. Um, last week we spoke, I think, after the Kings, it was after the Kings game and then after the Boston game. We recorded yeah, we a segment. segment after the Boston game. And we were like, is this real? Is this like just a blip where they won one or two games in a row after that four-game losing streak? They have won five in a row and are playing some of their best basketball of the yeah. season. Um, it's so. really astonishing uh, <laughs> emotional swing over the last, uh, I was going to say month, but not even a month. It, I mean, I guess if you go back, they were playing well at the beginning of the month. So we'll say the last month has been uh, a roller coaster of emotions. If you're a Miami Heat fan, I would have to think. Yeah, it's and and you know they haven't as we're recording this right now they haven't clinched the one seed but they might have might as well have clinched the one seed they're very close they just need one win of the you know their last two games or um you know a couple of the teams behind them to lose one of their last two or three games so yeah they yeah. might be clinched by the time they take the court Friday uh, against the Hawks yeah there's a chance they could clinch by the time there's a chance those final two games of the season are totally meaningless. And mm-hmm. nobody plays, which probably not a bad thing considering PJ Tucker uh, suffered a calf injury in in uh, was it Tuesday's win over the Hornets, which is yeah. not great. Um, but I guess the good news is, like most NBA teams, you know the playoff teams have basically a week off after right. the regular season to to rest. But yeah, that that kind of just shows you like you don't want to play around here. You want to clinch this top seed and and you want to rest guys um, because you don't want you know, to, to risk an injury to a key player like that. Yeah, and also, I mean, if they can clinch, considering how tight the East has been, if they can clinch with multiple games left on the on the schedule, it's you know, obviously, it's some teams are whatever jockeying for position, all that kind of stuff these days. But uh, it would be a pretty impressive feat for this team that has a real chance to win fifty four games at, at this point, which is you know, that's a pretty pretty big number. Obviously, it's not like sixty like we've seen some of the great, great teams in the NBA do, but, but 54 is a pretty big number for a team that um, that a lot of people had written off uh, a week and a half ago or whatever. Yeah, they haven't won more than 50 games since the Big Three era, so yeah. that shows you right there. I mean, I know they haven't had a great they team since They would have probably in the COVID-shortened year, I think, right? They were on pace. Yeah, they, they, had, they finished that year with 44 wins. I think yeah. the season was uh, 73 games. So, yeah, they... They had a chance. Yeah, they had a chance. Um, but that just shows you. I mean, it's it, 50 wins. Yeah, it's not 60, like you said, but it's a big accomplishment because there just haven't been that many Heat teams in franchise history that have done it. Um, so, yeah, as you said, since uh, – uh, I guess going back to last Monday, obviously, when they, they beat the Kings the way they were supposed to, but really going back to last Wednesday when they win that uh, – we came on after that Celtics game and said it felt like a playoff game. Um, and the Heat feel like they've kind of turned on, like, their playoff attitude here. I know it's, like, it's not it's – sim- it's never as simple as that. It's never as simple as, like, flipping the switch, um, unless you're, like, LeBron James in his prime. But, um, or or you know, Kyle Lowry, apparently. Yeah, or Kyle Lowry. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if, obviously that – it felt like, you know, they knew they had to win that game to uh, – get the one seed, they clearly have wanted the one seed for a long time, even if they haven't, um, you know, outright said it's like their t- 
top goal, but it, it's been obvious. Uh, they turned it on that game, and they have not turned it back off, which is a good thing because, um, you know, the, you want to be re- going hot into the playoffs. Like we said, they might be able to rest someone in Orlando on, on Sunday or maybe even Friday against the Hawks. But, um, yeah, like it's been the most impressive stretch of basketball they've had in a really long time. On Tuesday, they score a season-high 144 points. Um, and this is a team that we thought was like a ter- like had fallen apart on offense again like a week and a half ago. Um, so Anthony, how how did this happen? Yeah, I don't. I mean, the easy answer is shots are going in. I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're shooting forty eight percent. Yeah, what's the stat that, that's been going around? They're twenty. I guess it's probably even higher after last night, right? Because they shoot better than forty percent last night from three. Yeah, they they're twenty eight and two. Twenty eight and two season. now. When yeah. shooting 40% or better from three, which kind of shows you how consistent the defense has been, right? Like, yeah. when they shoot well, they win. <laughs> yeah, they don't lose shootouts. No. Um, it's a lot of teams do. I, I bet that stat is not quite like that for basically any yeah. other team in the league. That's, that's a really telling, important stat. A, it says the defense has been very consistently good all year. Um, And... You know, if the Heat, the Heat, the Heat have uh, success, they don't have to shoot forty percent or better from three. Obviously, like that's hard to do, but um, it is a formula for success for them when the threes are going in. And they are a good three-point shooting team. They lead the league in team three-point percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, over the last five games, they're shooting like basically forty-eight percent uh, from deep. Um, and you know, yes, some of it's just shots going in, but some of it's also kind of the changes they made to the rotation. They're playing more lineups with shooters, multiple shooters out there. Um, you have lineups with, you know, Duncan and Tyler, and um, and even Max out there sometimes. Um, and they're playing more of an inside-out game where they're, you know, a lot of this has been done to maximize Bam and Jimmy. But you know, at the same time of maximizing Bam and Jimmy, it's a symbiotic relationship, right? So right. the shooters are also going to benefit, and we've seen that. So yeah, the offense looks really good. Um, two of their best, I think, three. Offensive performances of the season, or maybe actually the two best offensive performances of the season based on offensive rating have happened the last three games against Chicago yeah, a couple Chicago. nights ago, and then against Charlotte when they set the franchise record for 20, for threes made in a game and scored the second most points ever in franchise history in a game. So um, it was one of their best offensive nights ever. Um, you know, again, threes aren't going to go in at a 50 50- Right, you can't bank clip. on that, but you yeah. can bank on the defense keeping yeah. you in games. And then, you know, they're, it, it's hard to imagine this Heat team getting blown out ever in the playoffs. Like, obviously, a blowout will happen here and there. If the other team gets crazy hot, you know, the Heat have lost games and blowouts this year. But it, it's once you get to the playoffs and the possessions get, you know, the possessions typically go get lower, um, it becomes more it, scoring drops a little bit. It's really hard to imagine this Heat team getting blown out, but they have the potential to blow teams out when the shots go like that. And that is that's a pretty good recipe when you when you get to playoff time. Yeah, and they have the shooters to do that, right? Right, uh, exactly. And it's not like they're banking on, like, random yeah. guys to, to do it. It's Duncan Robinson, who is, uh, you know, for all his ups and downs this year, still, like, one of the best three-point shooters in NBA history based on a lot of statistics. Uh, Max Struess, who's been fantastic, and then Tyler Hero, who obviously is not like a sharp shooter from three, but is such a good shot maker that 
you know, he's kind of one of those heat check three-point guys, right? Like, there's going to be some nights where he just shoots the lights out. And then we talked about it last year, the way that Kyle Lowry has shot, and that is keeping up. Uh, as we, as you hinted yeah. at the top here, he has turned on playoff Kyle Lowry mode, and he's shooting a lot more. And he is obviously another guy who is probably statistically one of the, the best three-point shooters in NBA history. Um, and, even, and even Jimmy Butler, for all, like, they've been saying it, but he's hitting threes. Yeah, that's uh, – Is that I sustainable? That's the one that I'm like, all right, like we don't want that coming playoff time, right? I feel like uh, if I remember correctly, during the bubble, he had like a well-timed three-point hot streak. He did. In the playoffs. Um, he so only he attempted like, like – Wasn't it the Buck series and he hit like a – there was one of those one of those series he hit a big like game time. Corner three or something. Three. Yeah, yeah, corner yeah three. I remember that. Yeah, no, it's – I mean – He's not. He hasn't been a terrible three point shooter of his career. He's just no, been a bad three point shooter with the been heat. Like astonishingly bad. Yeah. Um. He's shooting ten of twenty two from three, forty five percent in his last seven games. For the season, he's shooting twenty three percent from three. So, yeah, he's on a little bit of a hot streak. I, the Heat are telling him, you know, they, they want him to shoot it if he's in rhythm and he's open. It makes teams kind of at least think about guarding him out there, which is which helps the offense instead of this team sagging off of him and not thinking he's going to shoot it at all. Um, so I think he needs to keep shooting it, honestly. Like, even if they don't – they're not going to go in at 45, 45% rate, but even if it just gets defense to think about defending him on the perimeter, I think that's important. Um, another interesting thing I wanted to note is, again, could be a coincidence, but ever since these rotation changes were made, and they kind of, you know, emphasize on quote unquote maximizing Bam, Jimmy, and Tyler and Kyle. Um, three of their ten best half court offensive ratings have happened during that time of the season. So it, the half court offense is trending up. The, obviously, the overall offense is trending up. All good things. I think Kyle has a lot to do with that. I think yeah. Kyle taking more shots, having the ball in his hands more, playing more minutes. Um, you know, it's important. Like, those shots when he's coming off of a screen, off of Bam, and instead of passing up that wide, you know, that open three in that win, in that pocket, uh, he's taking it. Like, that helps a lot. Um, just yeah. with, and you need to do that in the playoffs, again, when defense gets better. Like, yeah, you can't – you got to take the open shot, right? You got, like, it. you don't want to always pass up a good shot looking for a great shot in the playoffs because that great shot might never come. Yeah. And we've had this conversation um, in recent weeks and throughout the season, but Tyler Hero, like, is he the go-to offensive player for this team at this point? Yeah, I mean, he should be, right? Like, I think when it comes down to it, Jimmy Butler is, like, going to take most of the shots in crunch time, be the, the primary option at least, but... Um, and, and part of that, you know, he obviously gets to the line better than anyone, pretty much like as well as anyone in the league. So that is a big part of it. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like, I don't know, if you need someone to hit a shot, Tyler Heroes is as good an option as anyone on this team. And it's been like that since his rookie year, right? Like, um, you know, he's never been the go-to guy probably in, in this kind of way, but, you know, one of his first you know, you, you think back to his signature moments of his rookie year, and, and a lot of those were fourth game, fourth quarter heroics. Um, obviously, the the thirty seven points or whatever in in the playoffs is like the signature moment, but a lot of like the the biggest 
well, it was in the Hawks game, the Sixers game his rookie year, where he, like, took over in the fourth quarter, both of those games and forced overtime. Like, it's always been his strength. Um, it's why he's played, been, he's led the team in fourth quarter minutes at, at this point, right, every year in his career, I think. Um, like, it's not surprising that we've gotten to this point to me. Would Kentucky have won the national championship if Tyler Hero was their senior uh, leader? No, John Calipari would still inexplicably be having, like, his seventh best player uh, <laughs> taking all the shots. I mean, they lost the final. They lost a championship game. They went undefeated all year and then lost in the final four to Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker, two fantastic college basketball players. Yeah. They had Carl Anthony Towns and Devin Booker. And they lost to Wisconsin because Andrew and Aaron Harrison were taking every shot down the stretch. That's fair. I just think Tyler in college right now is kind of a crazy thought yeah. because he wouldn't be as good though. No, it's a different game, obviously. Well, but... I'm just like you know, it's a lot easier to become really good at basketball when it's your literally your full time job. Yeah, that's true. It's a very good point. You don't, um, you don't have to go to math class. It's it's honestly amazing how good Tyler Hero has become. Um, yeah, as a scorer. Yeah. He is uh, uh, one of the one of the best scorers in the NBA. I would say. I mean, I think that's not crazy to say at this point. Yeah, I would he's, think on like per thirty six minutes, right? He's got to be like as good as anyone. I mean, not as good as anyone, but like way up there, right? And, and just like the shots he made, like the tough shots he makes, yeah. like what's in his bag offensively is you know three level scores, free throw rate is up. Um, yeah, he's just he is like a legitimate elite NBA scorer who, mm-hmm. yeah, he's not going to average 25 points a game on a team like the Heat right now, or, which have you know, a lot of a lot of guys who could score, but he can be a guy who averages 25, 27 points a game on a team if he was a number one option, um, which honestly, again, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure like in a year or two if he won't be that um, because as Jimmy gets older, as Kyle gets older, I think it is going to be the Tyler and Bam show unless obviously the Heat trade Tyler. But um, he he is – I'm just – I'm still surprised with how good he is. Because I remember the day they drafted him, you know, we were all – at least most of us were saying, oh, he's a three-point shooter. Yeah. He's he's good for, you know, kind of like don't, – don't, don't, even, don't even sugarcoat it like that. People were like, fire Pat Riley when they made that pick. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was really on anybody's radar except I have to give credit always to Manny Navarro uh, from Manny The Athletic who – I was always a fan. But, yeah, Manny went out like – uh, went out on the plank for that one. Yeah, so credit to Manny, but and, and I guess Pat Riley and Adam Simon and everybody else. But oh, oh. they were copying Manny. That's true. They were just they just read Manny's write up and uh, were like, okay, we have to take this guy. We trust Manny. Um, but it proved to be the right choice. Yeah, hey, I, um, I went and talked to Tyler at the combine, and it was he was not. I mean, he's the character that he is now, but it was not at all what I expected for, of like Tyler Hero to be like when I talked to him. No, he's. He's uh, – uh, you can make the argument he's the most popular player on the team, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, Either him or Udonis Haslam. Yeah, just his personality, the way he plays. Um, it's just it's just fun. So, all right. En- enough love for Tyler Hero. He, he's gotten a lot of it recently, but he he's just – I think he is it's, – it's an important playoffs for him. Not, and yeah. for everybody on this team, because it was, everyone was so bad in that, that playoff series against the Bucks. But 
I think Tyler has a chance to really – he's already, you know, made a name for himself nationally. But if he has – he continues to play like this on the playoff stage, um, yeah, it's going to be big for him. Yeah, it's a weird spot for everyone to be in because everyone played kind of over their heads two years ago yeah. and then under, you know, obviously massively underperformed expectations last year. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's a situation where I think everyone is on rightfully so, like wait and see mode of exactly what this team looks like come playoff time because the NBA more than ever, the playoffs are a different beast than the regular season and um, you know, in all likelihood, they'll probably wind up somewhere in the middle of the last two years, but it, it's hard to know exactly what this is going to look like. And obviously, it's a different team than it was either those last two years with Kyle Lowry here now. It makes a massive difference. But, um, yeah, it's it's a weird weird spot to be in where I'm confident in this team and what they can do in the playoffs. And if they get the one seed, I'll be shocked if they go out in the first round. Um, but, you know... And I think probably every team in the East feels like this. Um, it's hard to say anyone has like better than a 50% chance to make it to the conference finals of the top four teams in the East right now. Yeah. It feels like it's, to- it's totally up for grabs. And um, it's, you know, you can predict all you want, but it, like I said, the playoffs are a different beast in the regular season. And, um, you know, a lot of these teams have pretty big, playoff question marks, right? Obviously the Heat with what happened last year, um, the Celtics with what happened last year, uh, the Sixers with, you know, they've never been to the conference finals, right? And uh, it, with this iteration and... The Bucks uh, really are the ones that... And the no. Bucks are the one team that is, the one yeah. team that is proven. That's the reason I think they're the most popular pick to get out of the East, right? Is because... Uh, they, they just did it last year, and, and Giannis is the best player in the league and all that kind of stuff, and he slayed his playoff demons. But again, like, if they, if Kevin, or if everyone on the Nets doesn't get hurt last year, they probably don't make it even to the conference finals. So, um, everyone's got question marks, and I, I think we'll have a much better idea once we're through a week of the playoffs who is going to come out of the East, but for now, it's hard to say anyone has better than a, a 50% chance or whatever. Yeah, I, I think to even to even make the conference finals, like I said. Yeah, definitely. I, I think obviously finishing is. I think that's why finishing as the one seed is important for the Heat, um, because like we've talked about, like there isn't. It's so close. Like, yeah, the, the margin for error at the top of the East is very slim. I mean, those teams. I wouldn't like I said. I wouldn't be shocked if any of those top four teams, or even I guess I'd be kind of surprised if Brooklyn made the NBA Finals, but. How surprised can you be with a team that has Kevin Durant and Kyrie? Yeah, Durant, I mean, I they guess. still have, like, a whatever, for, like, it's not crazy. Yeah. So that that extra home game could matter. I mean, the Heat are going to have home court advantage if they clinch the one seed, which it looks like they will at some point mm-hmm. soon, um, for the entire, you know, Eastern Conference playoffs until they get to the NBA Finals, um, if they get there. So that's big against a series, you know, a series against Milwaukee or Philly or, yeah. or Boston. Um, that, that's important. That means something. So... I think it is uh, it is a pretty um, big edge. Uh, for, it doesn't guarantee anything, but it, it is something that the Heat has in their favor, obviously. Uh, this is something I kind of wish we'd been tracking all year long once it was clear that the uh, Nets were going to be in the play-in and potentially like the upset, the the one upset special everyone had their eyes on in the first round. Um, right now, as we're talking, uh, the Nets are in eighth place, which is big for the Heat, because if they get a, if the Heat, you know, in all likelihood gets a top seed, as it looks like it will happen right now, 
Um, and the Nets win that first play-in game, and if they're in the 7-8, then obviously the Heat avoids them. Um, so right now, I think the odds are it, it's more less likely than not that the Heat will face the Nets. It seems more likely they'll face the Cavs or the Hornets or who's the last team down there? Chicago? It's uh, the Hawks, the Hornets, Brooklyn, and Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland, right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's more likely they'll face one of those three than the Nets, I would say, right now. But where is your like your fear quotient on the Nets right now? How, how nervous are you about playing them in the first round? I don't think it's ideal. I'll say that. No. Especially for yeah, the first round matchup. Three, like, those are five-game series. Yeah, you, yeah, right. I mean, you, you saw last night with Charlotte. Like, yeah, that's not much of an issue. Um, Atlanta, you know, Trey Young. Atlanta's, yeah, you, you, you know, can single handedly win a game or two. Yeah, Atlanta's a different, but Brooklyn. Yes, they're tough to figure out. Yes, they're wildly inconsistent, and they're um, you can't really rely on anything with them or predict anything. But they still have Kevin Durant, which mm-hmm. is arguably the best player in the NBA. They have Kyrie Irving. One of the best scorers in the NBA. That's not a great reward for the top playoff, the top seed in the East in the first round. That's just not not the way you want to open the playoffs. I, I think the Heat would win that series, not only because they've proven to be a more consistent team and better overall team over the course of the season, but also because of just the fact that the that if the Heat finish one and Brooklyn does play the Heat, it'd be the eighth seed, that means the Nets would have, have, to, have to win two games in the play-in. So they're playing two games that week. Possibly the second game would be on Friday before opening the playoffs then in Miami on Sunday. That's just a lot for a team. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when the other team has their whole week to rest um, and they're going on the road to open the series. It, it's just a lot. So I think the Heat would win for those reasons, but I don't think it'd be easy. I think Kevin Durant by himself would probably win a couple games in that series. Um, and you can make the argument again that the Nets have the two best players in that series. And again, that's not, you, you don't want to be in that position if you're the Heat, especially in the first round. So I would say my concern would be out of one to 10, probably like a six. Yeah. I would say now for Charlotte, Atlanta, and Cleveland, I probably, especially Cleveland and Charlotte, I put like at a two. Yeah, I think um, a one on those. Like you're just yeah. not, they're not losing to those teams. They're probably not losing the Hawks either. But like you said, they did just go to the conference finals. They right. do have Trey Young, who's one of the best point guards in the league. Um, that maybe I'll, maybe I'll put a two on those guys. But yeah, I think I think you're just maybe, we, maybe we've got slightly different scales here. But yeah, those other three, to me, the the Nets, my level of concern is like a five. Which is not big, but like like you said, compared to those other three, those are all probably at one. Compared to where I had the Nets, the level of concern a couple of weeks ago would have been a seven, eight, something like that. But they they've not played well lately. Like they do not look like they can stop anyone. And um, that's the biggest thing: their defense is not good. So. And the Heat all of a sudden uh, they can't be stopped on offense. So you know it's not going to keep up probably that level. But um, it's a it's. You know, for a long time it looked like not a great matchup for the Heat because of the way they can score and score. You know, obviously Kevin Durant is the best tough shot maker like since Michael Jordan, basically. Um, so it was not an ideal matchup. But right now, when it looks like the Heat can just, um, you know, take advantage of that pretty porous defense, like 
it'd be, you know, it still would maybe go six or seven games because, like you said, Kevin Durant is single-handedly going to win you a game. Kyrie Irving is probably single-handedly going to win you a game. Um, you know, it, it becomes scary eventually, but but I would still think I, – I still have to feel pretty good if I'm the Heat. Like, I, I don't think anyone's, like, fearing the, the Nets in the way they were maybe a, a month back when a yeah. lot of this was theoretical, right? A lot of it was theoretical because, you know, Kyrie – uh, a lot of people pointed out it's a lot easier to play be put a score fifty a game when you only play once a week and like you know it, it's become a lot become a lot less theoretical for the for the Nets lately and and uh, you see not I guess yeah you see some flaws kind of pop up yeah and I again I just I go back to I think that he would win but it's just not an ideal matchup in the first yeah, round you don't want the top it. seed you don't want to fa- if you're the top seed you want to face Charlotte. You know, or a young Cleveland team that's injured and yeah. is obviously just not the same as they were two months ago when they were healthy. Um, you don't want to face Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the first round. So yeah. that's not it, exactly a hot take. No, it's not. Um, but I, like you said, I don't think it's it's obviously statistically more likely they face one of the other, you know, three of the, the three other teams um, that are in the play-in. But it's possible. I mean, it's they're one of the four options for the Heat at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so until until we you know that playing tournament unfolds, we we just won't know, and he will have to prepare for each of those teams. Um, so yeah, I think there's a big difference. I think that that playing that like Miami Heat fans will be very tuned in to those playing games for yeah. that reason. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think that he would win you know a series with any of those teams at this point. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Anthony, uh, before we wrap up here, uh, got a couple other, like, random topics to bounce around uh, the league right now. Uh, one I wanted to ask you about because you are an awards voter is, um, and as we were talking before, you, you said you haven't really filled out your all-NBA ballot yet, but yeah. obviously it's a weird situation where the Heat, in all likelihood, are going to get the top seed in the East. They've looked like a championship contender Pretty much wire to wire, save for like we said, the four game losing streak uh, last week. Um, Jimmy Butler was an All Star. Dan Adebayo might win Defensive Player of the Year. Tyler Hero might win Sixth Man of the Year. And yet, Tyler Hero is going to win. He's going to win Sixth Man of the Year. Yeah. And yet, every team from the top five in the East, um, maybe six, depending, you know. I guess, uh, you know, Pascal Siakam's got a, a case, I guess, is all-NBA. Um, basically every team in the Heat's stratosphere and, and the tier below them, and even the tier below that in the East, is probably going to get an all-NBA guy, and it's looking increasingly like unlikely that the Heat will. Um, but should Jimmy Butler make an all-NBA team this year? I think or he's Bam. in the conversation. Or Bam, I guess he's, he's all-NBA. Yeah. I think he's in the conversation. Yeah. I think Jimmy probably has the best case out of anybody on the t- on, on the Heat's roster. 
um, just because center's tough, especially if you don't have Jokic and Embiid both in the first team, and you do like the, the you know, you don't put Embiid as a forward and try mm-hmm. to rig it that way, which yeah. I might do. I'm not saying I won't do, but there are some voters who feel strongly about that. So, you know, you, if you have a Jokic in first team and Embiid in second team or vice versa, and you have like Cor Anthony Towns in third team, I mean, it's tough. Bam, there's not much, you know, it's it's a tough it's a tough position, I guess, when it comes to Bam kind of making all, cracking the All-NBA team for the first time. But I, Jimmy, you mentioned this before we started recording, the forward position is not as deep as prior years. Yeah. So maybe that opens it up. But I, my feeling is that he won't make it, which is kind of weird. Should he make it? Should he make it? I don't I, know. I don't – yeah, I voted I for him. I think I think I voted for him second team last year. Um, I don't think I'm going to vote for him this year. It's been a weird year. Yeah, he's had some weird games. He's kind of had an up and down season. Had to fight Eric Spolstra. That um, I think he belongs. Not that, that, not that that should kill his case, but again, yeah, right. it just speaks to how weird the season has been. Yeah, it's, it's especially he doesn't always seem to have affected the Heat. Yeah, and he's, he's had some like it's just been some weird games where he's like two for twelve and. Yeah. You know, three for fifteen. Like last year, I think might have been his best, the best season of his career. I I nearly gave him an MVP vote last year. That's how thought, good I thought he was last season, and he's been very good this season. You look at the advanced metrics; he's a top ten player. But I don't know. I mean, it's like, would you give would you give him the edge over DeRozan for all, for all no. NBA? I don't no, I don't think so. He's uh, better. He's a better player than Demar DeRozan, but. Um, when you factor in how much time he missed and the fact that he did fine when he was out, right? Like, yeah. and the, the Bulls would be in the play-in if they didn't have DeMar DeRozan. Um, you know, to me, it's it's is he going to get that, like, last third-team All-NBA? Yeah. Like, the guys he's going to be end up competing with, probably guys like... Would you give him the edge of LeBron? Right. I was, that was actually the first name yeah. I was going to say here is LeBron James. Um you know, there's a couple other, um, yeah, LeBron, Siakam is a, is a name I yeah. mentioned, who, who seems to be popping up a little bit. Jason Tatum. Um, is gonna be, is gonna be I mean, Jason Tatum could yeah. be first. Like, he's not yeah. in the same. You know, Tatum, Tatum, Giannis, DeRozan are kind of like the locks to me, I think, in that forward spot. Um, Jalen Brown, which is yeah. another one in the conversation. yeah. To me, like, I think the LeBron debate is going to be interesting because LeBron's probably going to lead the league in scoring, right? I think he yeah. still does right now. Um, well, I'm actually, Embiid passed him, but oh, did they were right okay. there neck and neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the Lakers, obviously, are absolutely atrocious. Um, and, you know, it, it's just when's the last time LeBron has not made All-NBA, like, ever? Maybe that one year he, like, took time off in Cleveland, right, when he took, like, 20 games off. Um, like, it's it's just gonna be that's the that's the most interesting debate here is what are t- people gonna do with LeBron because there's probably gonna be some people that still put LeBron I don't know first team but definitely a lot of people are gonna still put him on second team and then a lot of people are gonna leave him off altogether and yeah. I, I think it's a really interesting debate where LeBron has had like really good durability this year right he's played most of the season but it is. You know, is there, like, a better case to be made that, like, I don't know, like, would it almost be a better case to be made if he had missed some significant time and it wasn't exposed, like, he could not save this Lakers team. 
And, right. like, not all his fault, obviously, but, like, it's pretty rare for non-playoff guys to make All-NBA, and they're not a playoff team. Um, to me, I'd go, like, I would go Jimmy over, like, putting a second guy from the Celtics with Jalen Brown. I would go Jimmy over, um, I, I think there's been some Levine. Could he make second team? I would definitely, because he plays a lot of small forward for them. Um, I would go Jimmy over going, I would go Jimmy over going second team for any, a second player for any of these teams, basically. Um, but then I think the debate gets a little bit more interesting when you, and I think I would go with him over Siakam too. Um, but I think the debate gets more interesting with, with LeBron. Durant's going to make All-NBA too, right? I mean. Yeah, and then there's Durant. I would go Durant over Jimmy also. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at the advanced metrics right now, and again, I haven't really sat down and studied this yeah, yeah. closely yet. I'm going to this week. Obviously, I have to. But um, Jimmy, you can make a, a strong case for Jimmy if you look at the advanced metrics. I mean, 11th in player efficiency rating. And he's finishing strong too, right? So like yeah. all these people who you know, everyone's been talking about what their NBA outs look like. Like his case is kind of way better today than it was two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, for sure. like yeah, for sure. 11th in player efficiency rate, efficiency rating, 6 in win shares for 48 minutes behind Jokic, Giannis, Robert Williams, Rudy Gobert, and Embiid. Um, value over replacement, Jimmy is 12th, uh, right there with Steph Curry and Carl Anthony Towns. So mm-hmm. he's he definitely deserves consideration, and I think it'll come down to what voters value and how they kind of define All-NBA. Like, does it matter for for them that the player is on a winning team that's yeah. one of the best teams in the league, or is it more individual? Like, I think that's kind of what it's going to come down to. Um, my my gut when we kind of had this conversation was he won't make it, but now that I'm kind of looking at things a little closer here just in these last five minutes, I, I think there's a chance. Um, I still yeah. don't – I would lean toward him probably not getting in, um, but I, I think he'll definitely be one, you know, one of the top candidates for that final spot. Yeah, I think it's going to, for a lot of voters, it might come down to just, like, don't overthink it. Like, or like, do you really want to put Pascal Siakam or Zach Levine or even LeBron over Jimmy Butler when, like, if you're checking off, like, what, like, if you're thinking, what, what, what do you need for All-NBA? You need the numbers. You need to be on a good team. Uh, you need to be the guy. Like, there's all these things that, that you're trying to check off when you're trying to figure out who the 15 most important players in the NBA are. NBA are in a given season, um, and Jimmy checks more of those than, than all, I think all those guys he's going up against. The only thing he doesn't have is is the games played uh, to compete with some of these other guys. And he's not like – it's not like he missed like half the season. Like he missed a lot of time, but also – He played more games than LeBron. Um, you're like, all right, yeah. so there we go. Put him on over LeBron. Uh, the, yeah. And then obviously the, the tricky thing is if – Jokic ends up, or Jokic or Embiid end up being the power forward on first team. That just knocks everyone down a peg, and then it makes it tricky. But um, you know, it, it like I said, if, if you're debating, don't overthink it. Put Jimmy Butler on; he's, he's okay. better than, than most of these guys were comparing him to. He didn't play more games than LeBron. Actually, they played the exact same number of games, fifty-six. But <laughs> LeBron not playing pretty much the final few games of the year. It seems like Jimmy will finish with like a one game edge probably yeah. if he plays one of these final so two. Let's say, yeah, I'll say Jimmy plays one of the last two again the fifty seven. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, that's it's a lot. Yeah. 
It's a lot for this season. A lot of guys have missed a lot of time. Oh so. yeah, a lot of guys have missed a lot of time. Yeah. It's not as it's not as glaring as we're talking about. Like you know, Steph Curry might make first team All NBA, and how many games has he played? Like he's missed a lot of time too. Yeah, Devin Booker might make first team All NBA. He's missed a lot of time. Like like yeah, we're we're talking about first team guys, and once you get down to the third team, the pickings get a little slimmer. I think. Yeah, I I think Jimmy's case is is better that like I said it's better than it looked like a week ago two weeks ago three weeks ago and, and I wonder if there's going to be some momentum for it when people are starting to fill out their NBA ballots and yeah, the only thing like you said is it, guy. the whole Embiid Jokic thing could impact things right. for that final spot and, and then there's the same same thing could happen on third team all NBA with Carl Anthony Towns and uh Rudy Gobert Rudy Gobert right 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 or Bam which I think Bam, I will say, I don't know if I'm going to vote Bam Defense Player of the Year yet. I have not made that decision, but I think it's probably the strongest I've felt toward voting for him for Defensive Player of the Year in, like, my three years as a voter. Um, so I think he has a chance. I think he has What's a chance. What's the highest you put him on a ballot? I want to say, like, third. Yeah. I think. Um, I know I'll probably get killed for this, but I voted for Rudy Gobert last year. I just think... It's a regular season award, right? So yeah. in the regular season, especially last year, like Utah's defense without him was – like he changed their defense. Like mm-hmm. Rudy, it was their defense. Um, so I know he's not the best defender in the league, obviously, and the playoffs can get exposed. But this is a regular season award, so yeah. it's tough. Like I, I get the criticism, but I, I also feel pretty strongly that I think Rudy deserved it last year. Um, while understanding that he was, he's not as good a defender as Bam. But again, this is a regular season award. So, but I, I do think Bam this year with the Heat having the fourth best defense and Bam, you look at all the numbers and I mean, with him on the court, they have the best defense in the NBA. Without him, they're pretty mediocre. Um, just his individual defense, you know, in isolation situations and the amount of t- num- uh, times he switches and, and everything. Like he's the most dynamic defender in the league. It's him or Giannis, pretty much. Um, so yeah. I, I think he'll be, he'll definitely be, I think, a top three vote getter. I would be surprised if he isn't. And I, I think he has a shot. I don't know if he'll win it, but I think he has a shot. Probably a stronger shot than than uh, than ever uh, this season. And then yeah. Tyler Carroll, like we said, he's going to be he's going to be six months a year. So that's yeah, I was going to say some, sometimes the NBA hive mind group think uh, like really latches on and like awards we are kind of predetermined by the time we get to the voting. And that's certainly the case. It feels like with six man of the year, deserving like for Tyler hero kind of feels like that's going to be the case with MVP, which feels like Jokic is going to win that. Although I think Giannis, I'm not is, sure about that. I, I think, think Giannis is, is making the push. I think Giannis making a strong push. I still think that yeah. has a chance. I think I'm going to vote for Jokic. Um, but I, I it's not as, who was it on the ESPN did like a straw poll? Uh, this is probably like a week. Back. I participated in that straw poll. Did you? Right? Yeah, I did. And yeah. and Jokic had a pretty huge edge in it, which was like kind of surprising to me. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not as like I feel like past MVPs like you said have been pretty clear. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it. more more competitive than some of these recent ones have been. But yeah. Um, but defensive player of the year is really a spot where like it kind of feels like like seven different guys can get, like, first team or player of the year vote, defensive yeah, player. Yeah, definitely. That's, De- definitely. Like it's and it's really wide open. Yeah. Yeah, and, and defense is hard to measure for a – it's it hard. Is. Yeah, and, it's, like, some people are like, I'm only ever going to vote for a center. Some people want to give it to Marcus Smart, right, because how often do you get to give it to a guard? Right. Uh, what's more valuable, a great 
uh, point defender, great rim protector, a great switcher like Bam. Like it, it's it, there's a lot of guys who it's really hard to kind of suss out the value. But um, I, I think you know in some ways like Bam getting for getting Defensive Player of the Year and Tyler getting Sixth Man of the Year is more representative of what made this Heat team great than Definitely. Jimmy Butler getting third team All NBA. Definitely, I agree. And, and then maybe, Chris, you know, I don't, I don't think Spoh's going to win Coach of the Year, but <clears throat> maybe Chris Quinn though. He's <laughs> one and one or two and one now, right? Two and one, yeah. He did coach was, that Nets game. That loss was bad, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think Spoh's going to win Coach of the Year. Although he'll probably, he'll definitely get some votes. Um, just funny that Spoh's never won Coach of the Year. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the, kind of the three most important things to this team this year <clears throat> are. Bam's defense, Tyler's yeah. evolution and scoring yeah. ability yeah. off the bench. I mean, you can make a case maybe him being most improved player would be more um, indicative of what made this team great, and then suppose coaching. And then, yeah, Riley's probably not going to win executive of the year, right? But, like, that too, that's always a part of the equation. Yeah, definitely. And Kyle Lowry is not going to be on any award list, but he has also been important to the Heat's success this season and their – their improvement this season. Um, I think I think that he could have two All NBA defensive guys. I think Bam will definitely be on there. Yeah, certainly. Um, and then Jim they only do two teams for defense, right? Or do they do two three? Teams. I believe it's only two teams. Yeah, there's only two teams. So that that makes it tough. But I think the last two years actually he'd have had both Bam and Jimmy on yeah. there. So wouldn't be surprised if it happened at third straight season. Again, they're t- they've been a top five defense all year. Like they're one of the few teams that you could make an argument to have two guys. Um, make that list. Yeah. All right. Um, you got anything else before we finish up here? No, I think I think we covered most of it. Um, next week we'll be talking about the playoffs. We we probably will not know, which is crazy, who they're playing yet. Yeah. So when is the uh, when is the let's say they get the one seed? When is that yeah. seven eight plan? We don't know. They haven't released the schedule yet. Uh, okay. Um, but I think that the. The plan is Tuesday through Friday. Oh, right. So. If they get the one seed, then they have to play two plans before we know. Right. Yeah, right. So we'll, we might know we might know the, the, the list two of the, kind of the two teams. Yeah, but we won't know the the specific opponent yet, which is – the, If they're the one seed, their first playoff game would be next Saturday. Is that right? Um, not, not set yet, but I would think Sunday because if the plan really lasts until, yeah, the plan really lasts until Friday. There's a two seed they might play as soon as Saturday, but. Yeah, exactly. Cause then it would be decided maybe Tuesday. So yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I think we'll record next week and still not know, which would be fun. Yeah. Um, I'm glad the heat have turned it around a little bit here over the last few weeks. It was looking like it was maybe going to be a very depressing, uh, April and early exit in South Florida. Um, but instead, you know, we've, we've got an interest, really interesting playoff uh, race to be involved in. I think it's gonna be and, it's it's gonna be a fun few months here with the Panthers too. I mean, yeah, like we could be like alternating nights here of like Panthers playoff game, Heat playoff game, Panthers like it's gonna be. Yeah, I hope I hope the uh, NHL is smart enough to make sure the Panthers are not playing on the same night as the Heat. If you're like interested in growing the game and all that yeah. kind of stuff, like. You got to be smart enough, and I, you know, NBA will be ahead of the NHL this year in terms of when the games are, which is right. which is a little unusual. So the NHL has to respond to the NBA here when they're building their schedule, and I don't 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 try to compete like with 
you know, you'll, you'll obviously there's some diehards you'll, you'll win over up in Broward County and stuff, but like NHL, make sure your games are not the same. Your Panthers games are not the same night as Heat games. And we'll do our job by uh, bringing back the Panthers minute here. Yeah. In the next few weeks. All right. The NHL playoffs come around. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, we need to, I mean, you, you cover the Panthers for the Miami Herald, David. I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking people who listen to this know that, but we need to talk some Panthers hockey. So um, I think we need to bring that back next few weeks as the playoffs come around. I'm I'm always open to it. Um, But uh, yeah, let's finish up there. Uh, You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. A couple more games this weekend. I assume you're traveling up to Orlando for the regular season finale, right? Yeah, I am. Um, probably will be a meaningless game, but uh, yeah, that'll be. It'll be the last really opportunity we get to talk to them, probably until like that Wednesday when they start back up with practice yeah. uh, entering the playoffs. So yeah, I'll be there in Orlando. Yeah. So um, yeah, obviously follow Anthony for all your heat needs. You can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Um, obviously, a lot of Panthers these days. They've had the, honestly the craziest like five days I can remember a hockey team having. Um, with two four goal comebacks in four days, um, they're the only only the third team. This is only the third team in NHL history to have two four goal comebacks in the same season. Um, coincidentally, the last team to do it was the Panthers in 2019. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, and they did it three days, four days apart. Like it's it's pretty crazy what they're doing right now. Um, even if you know they're they're not. They're the top team in the East, kind of like the Heat, but uh, honestly, the East in, in hockey is really similar to the East in the NBA this year, where there's like six awesome teams, all that, and hockey's always different where you feel like anyone can make it to the cup if you get a hot goalie or whatever, but um, yeah, the East is, is, in both sports is, like, those. that's going to be where the, the playoff series to watch. I'm really excited because I... I remember when the, they made this the Stanley Cup Finals. It was in 1996, right? Yeah. Um, this was, and we talked about this, I think, last year when they were getting ready for the playoffs, but I was seven years old, and I remember, like, Miami was, and South Florida was a, at, at that point they were playing still in the Miami Arena. Um, it was a hockey town. Like, everywhere was selling rats. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how it's different the if they have a real playoff run now that they're up in the sunrise. Because, like, the, you know, they're, uh, you know, it's not a secret. They draw most of their attendance from Broward County. But Miami's a, an event town, and it becomes an event, definitely. Yeah, I think I think there's a chance that it could – it may not be the exact same as it was in 1996 when this was all happening in Miami, but I do think – as you said, Miami's an event town. South Florida's an event like community. Like it's, they're gonna latch on. Um, I yeah. think that's gonna be fun to see. So I'm, I'm yeah. hoping. That you even saw it last year, and that was in the you know it only lasted two weeks or whatever. Yeah. And we were in the middle of a pandemic, so um, you know people weren't out and about as much. But yeah. it's a fun team too, right? I mean, they score a ton they're of goals. Awesome. They're the best, best offense. offense they're the NHL's best yeah. offense in 25 years. Yeah. Right. So. All right. Yeah, uh, this hope, hopefully the Heat can make it out of the first round and we get to that point where it's uh they're playing on alternating nights or whatever because yeah it'll be interesting to see how how the city responds to uh two simultaneous playoff runs like that. Poor um, Marlins, poor Marlins. I know. Yeah, <laughs> attendance is not going to be great for them in the first month of the season. I don't think. 
No, if that's the case and they're both making deep playoff <laughs> runs, the Marlins will be the ones that suffer, unfortunately, yeah. for them. Um, but, yeah, I think it'll be a, it'll be a, definitely a fun few months and unique. We haven't had that. Uh, when's the last time we had two, the Panthers and the Heat making deep playoff runs? I mean, Never. I mean, what did the Heat do in the 96 playoffs? It's literally they, the only time the Panthers have ever They won. made the conference finals, I think, in 96 or 97. Okay, maybe? so 96, that's the one time. Yeah, I, I don't even know. It might have been 97 when they made the conference finals against the Bulls. Um, but, yeah, one of those – it probably was 96. Like, the Heat made the yeah. playoffs in 96. So um, that was it. That was pretty much it. So, yeah, it'll be unique. It'll be fun. Let's hope for, uh, you know, a couple months of that. That'll be, that'll be cool. All right. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening, everyone, and we will talk to you guys next week.